Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And for those that do not know, we are in our spring semester that we are calling Kings and Kingdoms. Can somebody say Kings and Kingdoms? And during the first part of the semester, we talked about the kings that we found in the Old Testament. We looked at the kingdom of Israel, and we learned a lot from them and their mistakes, their wins, their losses, and everything like that. But now during the second part, we're talking about the kingdom of God. Can somebody say the kingdom of God? Come on, has anybody been blessed by this semester so far? I don't know about you. It's been so good. And all these sermons, you can actually access them, re-watch them, or maybe if you missed any, you can go to our YouTube channel, subscribe to us on there, uh, download the app, go on the podcast, and it will be a blessing to you. So much rich stuff, uh, good stuff has been covered. Um, but this morning, we're coming off the hills of this past Resurrection Sunday. Come on, can we thank God for what everything that God did here at Riverside Church this past Resurrection Sunday? Uh, Believe it or not, we had over 800 people walk through the doors of this church, and we had a number of people that responded to the call of salvation. Come on, can we thank God for that? And it's amazing to see what God is doing, because we want to let you guys know that when you come to church, first of all, you are the church. You are the church, right? That building just holds the church. When we come together, we become a holy habitation for the Lord, and I believe that there's a corporate anointing. Something amazing takes place, but can I encourage you? that what we do, this is not for entertainment, but this is for your edification and education. I guess those rhyme, right? So that way you can grow and develop and mature in Christ Jesus. The church isn't a place where we gather to escape the world. In other words, it's a place where we go to prepare to go out into the world. Amen? And this past Sunday, Pastor Bobby preached on the kingdom power. We talked about the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this morning, we're going to talk about the kingdom promise, picking up where where he left off this past Sunday. And if you have your syllabus, you can go ahead and turn to the uh, focus for this week, the kingdom promise, as we read the introduction. It says this, when Jesus explained that he would soon ascend into heaven and leave his followers, he promised he would send the Holy Spirit, which would help believers establish and expand. Can somebody say expand? The kingdom of God or the kingdom on earth. When the believers questioned this, Jesus told them that it was actually better that he leave so they could receive the promise, somebody say promise, of the Holy Spirit. This promise would empower them to see the kingdom manifest on earth through salvations, deliverances, healings, and miracles. With that being said, can you stand to your feet this morning? And if you have your Bible, if you have your phone, or if you want to pay attention to the screen, we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 9 this morning reading out of the book of Acts, and it's our custom and culture. If you're able and willing, stand to your feet, and we're going to go ahead and get into the Word. And to give you some context of what's taking place, this scripture is actually um, Jesus as he has been risen from the dead in his glorified physical body. He showed and proved to the disciples that it wasn't just his spirit, but it was him in the flesh. He sat with them. He ate with them. He talked with them. And get this, the scripture says that he appeared to 500 of his followers, And that for 40 days and 40 nights, he began to minister to them, preparing them for whenever he wouldn't be there in the flesh anymore. And one of his final instructions that he gave his disciples was this, to go to Jerusalem to wait to receive the promise and power of the Holy Spirit from on high so that way they can go and make disciples, preach the gospel, and baptize people. Oh, come on, who believes that the Spirit of God is still moving in the world today in our lives? And we're going to pick it up right here in Acts chapter 1. It says this, 
the former account I made, O Theopolis. And for those that are maybe not aware of what is taking place or what he's even saying right now to give you some context, um, a doctor by the name of Luke is actually responsible for writing the book of Acts as well as the gospel of Luke. They're meant to be read back to back. In fact, I encourage you, read the gospel of Luke, go straight into the book of Acts. It will flow. But he's writing to a friend of his, it is believed, uh, that was a Roman citizen or a Roman uh, person that was of high esteem. And his name was Theopolis, which get this, that translated in the Greek actually means loved by God. Funny enough, so we could say that the Gospel of Luke or the book of Acts is written to us as well because who knows, we are loved by God. Oh, come on, somebody. We may be hard to love, but we are loved by God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> of all that Jesus began to both to do and pre uh, teach until the day in which he was taken up, he through the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say Holy Spirit? Had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, this right here was interesting to me because get this, when Jesus began his ministry, I believe it was in Matthew chapter four, verse 17, we read it a couple weeks ago. The message that he declared and what he preached and proclaimed was this, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then even after his death, burial, and resurrection, and soon to be ascension, right? Because the kingdom of God was the central message and teaching uh, that Jesus brought. And even before his ascension, he began to talk about things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So we see this right here in the life of Jesus and throughout the Bible. And being assembled together with him, he commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. One more time, say promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Um, for John truly baptized with water, and you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Will you at this time restore? The See, they had still limited the kingdom of God, and they allowed their, their earthly, religious, political mindset to just shrink the kingdom of God down to just one people group in one region. And he said to them, it is not time for you to know that it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me, get this, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Somebody say, the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud, received him out of their sight. We're talking about the kingdom promise this morning. Can we just go ahead and open up in prayer? Lord Jesus. This is all about you. You will get the praise. You will get the honor. You will get the glory. Right now in this moment, we just prepare the soil of our hearts to receive the word of God and the kingdom of God. Have your way today. God, we remove every distraction, every negative thing, whatever it may be, God. Right now, we just set parameters, and we just came to receive and drink from your well, God. Living water is available today. Your word says that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, Lord. Touch your people in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, if you love them, can you go ahead and give them some praise in this place as you make your way back to your seat? God bless you. You may be seated. I think it's fitting that we um, give you a little refresher because maybe this may be your first Sunday here. Like, what are you talking about, the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? If we had to give you a working definition of what 
a kingdom could be defined as. A kingdom could be defined as this. The governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his personal will, purpose, and intent. Producing a culture, values, morals, and lifestyle that reflect the king's desires and nature for his citizens. And like we've talked about before, we need to understand the reason many of us can't grasp the kingdom of God is because we are used to living in a democracy. We are used to living in the United States of America. But can I tell you, uh, Jesus, he didn't come to establish a democracy. Uh, He came to establish a kingdom, not a republic. Jesus didn't die for a religion. He died to establish the kingdom of God. And, And the kingdom speaks simply to the influence that a king has over his territory and over his people. But here's the thing about earthly kingdoms and earthly governments, that they, throughout human history, empires and kingdoms and government, they have come and gone. They have risen and fallen. In fact, there isn't one human or worldly or earthly uh, government or kingdom or empire or dynasty that hasn't failed or fallen at one point or another. It doesn't matter how big and powerful and vast and expansive that kingdom was, uh, empires come and empires go. And they all desired to expand their influence and enlarge their kingdom. And I want to go over and show you a little bit of them this morning. I may, you may feel like you're going to be in history class for a second, but just follow along with me. Anybody love history? I don't know about you. I love history, okay? Math, not going to touch. I don't like math. History, love it, okay? I want to go over a few empires this morning and show you pictures of them at their peaks, of their, their, like, when they were there at their greatest influence. The first one I want to talk about is this, the Egyptian Empire. Now, the Egyptian Empire spanned from 3100 B.C. to 332 B.C. That's nearly 3,000 years, y'all. Can you believe that? 3,000 years, and this is what the Egyptian Empire was known for. The Egyptian Empire was known for starting and pioneering something called colonization. Can somebody say colonization? And what colonization was, was not only would they begin to take over and conquer foreign areas, but they would begin to instill the customs and the values and the ways of Egypt into the people to where it didn't matter if you're on the north part of the Egyptian empire, south part, or in the heart, or in the middle, it was supposed to feel like all one people, one kingdom, one group, which is why it was so hard for the nation of Israel to shake off the stain and shame of Egypt because God brought them out of Egypt, but who knows, it took them a while to get the Egypt out of them, right? So the first one is the Egyptian empire. The next one I want to talk about is this, the Roman empire, which ruled from 625 BC to 476 AD. Now this was the empire that was in charge and Ruling back in Jesus' day covered about 2 million square miles, and they took colonization to a whole nother level. They were masters of colonizing foreign areas, and what they would do is this, is that the entire empire, as they continued to expand their influence and expand their kingdom, what they would do is they would set up colonies. So this entire empire was made up of different colonies, but the heart of the empire was in Rome. In Italy, Rome, and that's where Caesar, who was the king, he was like a god to the people, right? 
That's where he ruled and that's where he reigned. And what he would do to establish his colonies is once he established a colony, he would send a governor from his kingdom to watch over, to rule, and to be an extension of his power and influence. See, because the governor, all he would do was simply say or do whatever King Caesar said to do. See, right now we live in a democracy, you know, and governors now we're used to every state or every governor being independent, having their own ideas. That's why you go from Texas to Oklahoma and you see big casinos and everything, right? It's just different depending on the governor and the place that you're in. But in a kingdom, it's different. The governor had the responsibility of instilling the values, the custom, the ways that the king of the kingdom that he came from. So Jesus, for example, he lived in the colony of Palestine. That's where Judea, Samaria, and all those, Jerusalem, that's where it was at. And, and he was underneath the rule in that area of, well, he wasn't, but the people were, of Pontius Pilate, who was the one that they brought Jesus to to have him crucified. In fact, get this, whenever Pilate said, I don't see nothing wrong with, with Jesus, the people threatened Pilate by saying, well, you know he's claiming to be a king, and the people see him as a king, and you are a governor, and you're going to allow there to be another king in the territory that belongs to King Caesar. We're going to go tell Caesar. And then Pilate said, okay, you know what? Have your way. He washed his hands. He said, you do what you want to do with him. Why? Because a governor is an extension of the kingdom and of the king. Next one I want to show you is the Mongolian Empire, which was a shorter reign from 1206 A.D. to 1368 A.D. And get this, it spanned to about 12 million continuous miles. And this is known for being a very fierce and feared empire. And get this, is crazy. Genghis Khan, who is responsible for helping lead the charge for the Mongolian Empire, is said to have been with so many ladies and so many women that they've actually done studies. Experts have done studies and, and scholars, and they've done DNA testing in, in Asia. And they estimate that today, one out of every 200 men have DNA that came from Genghis Khan. You can do the research yourself. That guy got around the block. That's all I'm trying to say, y'all, from the streets, man. Next one is this, the British Empire. The British Empire, which existed from 1680 to 1997 A.D., and it covered, get this, at its peak, 25% of the world's surface and they ruled about 23% of the world's population at its peak. This is known as being the largest empire that has ever existed throughout all of human history. In fact, do you know how America got its start? America, the country we live in today, got its start all from a king and a kingdom that said, you know what? We're going to expand and colonize different parts of the world. We're going to send people to America and that's where the 13 colonies were established. And guess what? Every colony had a different governor that would report back to the king and say and do as the king says. And then whenever America got upset with all the taxes and everything, they were taxing everything. They said, you know what? We're not going to be under kingdom. We're going to make a democracy. The Declaration of Independence was signed. And they said, see you later, king. And the Amer American Revolution took place. You're tracking me this morning. So what we've been looking at and what we've been seeing right here are kingdoms and empires that have wanted to expand their kingdom or expand their influence. And it's interesting and it's pretty impressive, but can I tell you something this Sunday morning? None of these kingdoms, none of these earthly kingdoms 
compare or measure up to the power, the influence, the size, the fortitude, and the strength of the kingdom of God. They don't even come close. Let me tell you something real quick. The kingdom of God is at a whole nother level. Whole, whole nother level, you know what I mean? Like even above the physical realm. You know, originally the kingdom of God was just the, the place where, where God would live and where he would rule and reign. But when Jesus stepped onto the scene, things began to change because guess what Jesus said? He came preaching and proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. What was the good news of the kingdom? That the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. And he came to fulfill everything necessary through his death, burial, and resurrection to establish the kingdom of God here on earth. See, because remember, wherever a king goes, the kingdom follows. And Jesus was saying, I'm not going to just keep this heavenly realm and the kingdom of heaven here in this place. I'm bringing it down to earth. He came to establish the kingdom of God here on the earth. And he was preparing his disciples to do the exact same thing, which is why on the day of Pentecost, when he poured out his Holy Spirit after the the cross and the finished work of what he did, he also established the kingdom of God within their hearts. Heaven came down to earth. He poured out his spirit, and guess what he told the disciples? He said, now that I have established my kingdom, I am commissioning you to go to Jerusalem. Uh, You're already here right now, but I want you to take this message. I want you to take what you've learned from me. I want you to take the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, and not only keep, not only go to Jerusalem, but to Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. I want you to spread. In other words, even the disciples, you know what they responded to even before Jesus' ascension? They said, oh Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? They still bowled down the kingdom to one part, small part of the world, and one people group. But Jesus, for God so loved the what? World that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He came to break the walls of religion and racism, and to all those, oh, come on, somebody. He came to break those things down and establish the kingdom of God here in the earth. In other words, what Jesus was telling the disciples was this, man, it's time to colonize. It's time to expand. The kingdom of God is here. In fact, if I were to show you a picture of the kingdom expansion plan and colonization here on the earth, I would show you something like this real quick. Check this out. Because this is where it happened. This is where it started. You know, this is where the church of Jesus Christ was birthed on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. Empowered and baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Why Jerusalem? Why on the day of Pentecost? You know, God is so intentional, y'all. He's genius. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen? 120 disciples in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God was poured out, and what happened? They were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. And get this, Pentecost was a festival. It was a holy day where people from all around, from different tribes and nations and tongues, would come there from all over the world, and they would be there for that time during Pentecost. And as people are walking past the upper room, what happened? People heard their tongue, their native tongue being spoken, and they said, 
these are Galileans. In other words, they're uneducated people. These are fish. How do these people know our language? And people said, oh, you know what? Maybe they're just drunk or something like that. But that's when Peter steps out, filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. And he said, what you're seeing take place right now was prophesied by the prophet Joel, where God said that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And he, became, he began to preach the gospel and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now Jesus is the Messiah. And guess what? The scripture says that on that day, 3,000 people repented and were baptized in the name of Jesus and were added to the kingdom of God. It started in Jerusalem. He said, go to Jerusalem. What do you think happened with all those people? They spread out. They spread out. The kingdom of God was expanding. But God said, I'm not going to stop in Jerusalem. Go to Judea. Go to Samaria. Oh, you know the Samaritans, the half-breeds, half-Jews? He ministered to the Samaritan woman at the well, and they hated the Samaritans. Now Jesus is saying, I want you to go there and preach the gospel. And when you go, you're going to cast out demons. You're going to heal the lame. Of the, your greater works in my name shall you do. Preach the gospel. Do the work. Expand the kingdom. But guess what? Oh, man, come on. God didn't stop there. Because you know what he said? Now, I want you to take the message, and I want you to take it to the ends of the earth. And through the 12 apostles... Through, oh, come on, somebody. Ah. And through the missionary work of Paul the Apostle, the first missionary going and spreading the gospel, planting churches, nearly wrote half the New Testament, and through people all over the centuries that have died as martyrs and gone to foreign areas and gone overseas and gone across the street, and people like you that share the gospel and the good news of the kingdom, guess what? The kingdom of God is expanded, and now nearly every tribe and nation and tongue has heard the gospel, has heard the good news of Jesus Christ. There's still work to do. And not everyone will receive or believe the message. That's between them and God in their heart. Now everybody's going to receive it, but to those who did believe and receive Jesus Christ, the scripture says that he has given them the right to become sons and daughters of God and that we are citizens of the kingdom. Guess what? And what started in Jerusalem, what started with 120, has now grown and exploded all over the world to where now there are millions, if not potentially billions of kingdom citizens that are called to be the salt and light of this world. If you ever thought to yourself, man, what's the kingdom plan? What is God trying to do? What, 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 what is taking place right now? Let me tell you something. Look no further than this map right here because the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is expanding. This whole map's in red. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm, I'm just going to speak and believe. All that red represents the blood of Jesus Christ covering all of creation, covering all of humanity. Oh, come on. Come on. You need to understand. You need to understand this, y'all. God desires to save and set free and empower people with his spirit. The Bible says that it's not God's will that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the will of God. 
And guess what? We have the responsibility. We, the church of Jesus Christ, we have been commissioned. Notice it wasn't a suggestion. I suggest you, you know, as you feel led. Just go ahead. No, he commissioned the disciples. He commissioned us. He said, I want you to go into all the world. And guess what? You need to understand this, that you, what am I trying to say? That you as the church of Jesus Christ, you have the responsibility of sharing the greatest message of all time by the life that you live every single day and allowing the spirit of Christ to rule and reign through. The greatest message that you ever preach will be the life that you live, folks. My greatest sermon I will ever preach will never be behind this platform. But it will be by the life that I live, by the love that you show. Jesus said, people will know that you're my disciples. By what? The love that you have for one another. Allow God to rule and reign through your life. It is time to take ground back from the enemy. It is time to invade the darkness with the light of God. It is time to go. Why? Because you are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. You are representative of the kingdom of God wherever you go, the kingdom goes, the king goes, you have dominion and authority in your family, in your home, in your neighborhood, at your work, at your school, no matter where you go, you have authority to expand the kingdom of God. Oh, come on, somebody. I came to tell you, we have been given authority. See, that's why, that's why I don't get concerned or afraid or frantic whenever I see all the evil and chaos taking place in the world. Or who, like my world is not like made or break depending on who's in office. Because more than a citizen of the United States, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Nah. The scripture says, the scripture says that we are just pilgrims passing through. The scripture says that life is just a vapor. It's here one day and it's gone the next. And the scripture says that Jesus is coming back one day and he's coming for the spotless bride of Jesus Christ. What are we called to do in the meantime? Sit on our hands and do nothing and become casual and comfortable and religious and uptight thinking that we're so good or whatever. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. There is a lost and dying world. There are souls at stake. There are lives swinging in the balance, and you're praying, God, save them. God wants to use you. He wants his spirit to rule and reign through kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but the kingdom of God will stand forever. Oh, come on. Is there any people in the building that believe that Jesus is still saving and that he's pouring out his spirit? Ah, I just feel the anointing. I just, I don't know who this is for right now, but I feel like this is just a word. We need to get this as the church. The first point I want to give you is this. Jesus established the kingdom, but it's our responsibility to expand it. He established it, but it's our responsibility to expand it. Just like the governments we went over earlier, what did they do? They wanted to expand the kingdom. They wanted to expand You know God wants to expand the kingdom of God? And can I tell you the same thing that we see in Acts chapter 1, we also see in Genesis chapter 1. Because whenever God placed Adam in the garden, he placed him there to expand the kingdom and influence that he had. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28 says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Say it again. Dominion. Dominion. Guess what? You know what this word in, in the Hebrew means? It means rada. Do you know what that means? It means to govern, to rule, and have sovereign authority over. God, king of the universe, is speaking to another, you could say, king, Adam, saying, I planted you here. Now govern, rule. I've established it. But guess what he says this? Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle. And guess what he said? Over all the what? All the earth. It's always been the same. The entire world, the entire earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image, and in the image of God, he created him. Somebody say this with me. I am made in the image of God. Even though Adam and Eve failed and sinned, guess what? You are still made in the image of God. You have his likeness. You have his character. You have dominion in your DNA. The, the, the image of God in our life has never been erased. It's just been defaced in Jesus when he came, we're going to get into it, but he said this. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Get this. So he established it. He placed Adam there, and then this is what he said. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the what? Earth and subdue it. In other words, God said, okay, I, I established the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, fill the earth. Multiply. Expand. Subdue it. Go out. How did that go for them? We know, right? I don't know how long, you know, the Garden of Eden was there and they lived in the Garden of Eden. I don't know if it was thousands of years. I don't know what it was. All I know is one day she got a little too close to the, the forbidden tree and the forbidden fruit. Can you imagine? One, one job. Oh, my goodness, Lord, just one job. You know, just don't eat of that. She goes towards it. They're deceived by, we know the story, right? She's deceived. She, 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 uh, they, they give in to the lie of the enemy because the enemy says, if you eat of this, you're going to become like God. They were already like God. Eat of this fruit and sin entered the world. And guess what took place in this moment? You ready? Because God said, on the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. They didn't drop dead in that moment. Sin entered the world. The scripture says this, the wages of sin is what? Death. They died spiritually. And yes, they did die physically as well. But guess what? The dominion that they had in that moment was transferred and forfeited over to the enemy. The enemy. Who the scripture says, read your Bible. The scripture says that Satan, Lucifer, he is the lowercase g, God of this world. The scripture says that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. Read it yourself, lowercase g, God of this world. In other words, he has dominion and authority over different areas. That's why Jesus Christ, who the scripture calls the second Adam, came to undo and destroy the works of darkness and the devil. And the scripture says that the second Adam, where Adam failed whenever he was tempted and everything, Jesus Christ fulfilled, and he came to establish the kingdom of God in the earth and in our hearts. So Jesus established it, but here's the flip side. It's your responsibility to expand it. Oh, let me go ahead and let me take a turn right here, okay? Because I don't want you to get all high and mighty and think you're all big and bad. Can I tell you something? You by yourself 
powerless. Nothing in the spirit. But by the spirit of Christ on the inside of you, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. No matter where I go, I have someone living on the inside of me because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. See, even Jesus, get this, he knew, he knew that the disciples, he knew that the church, he knew that we, in order for us to get back to his original plan, that we would need to be empowered with his spirit. And whenever his spirit comes into our life, we go from death to life. We go from tombs to temples, right? He knew that Jesus himself, the scripture says that Jesus during the 40 days and 40 nights when he's tempted by the enemy and he comes out of the wilderness and he begins to start, his ministry, the scripture says that he is full of the power of the Spirit. Oh, who knows if Jesus needed the Spirit of God? He's fully God, fully man. If the Spirit of God is working through him, how much more do we need the Spirit of God working and flowing through us as well? See, and there were signs and evidence that Jesus was anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit, full of it, and immeasurable. Immeasurable. Everywhere he goes. Everywhere he went, <laughs> God's not even a word. Everywhere he went, people were healed. Demonic spirits were cast out. The lame and the leper began to walk. Blind eyes were open. All these things, what was that? That was signs that the kingdom of God was at hand. He said, don't just believe what I say. Look at the signs that follow. Because can I tell you something real quick? If there's one thing the enemy hates... The enemy hates when the kingdom of God and when the people of God begin to expand the kingdom of God. He hates it so much. Some of you don't even realize it. When you walk into certain areas, when you walk into different places, you need to understand the authority that you have in Christ Jesus. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of you as believers. Even Jesus in the gospel of Mark, whenever, you know the first place Jesus cast a demon out of somebody? In a synagogue, but in like a church. And as he's preaching, a demon shrieks out. He casts, everywhere that Jesus goes, he was stirring up demonic spirits that were at bay. Nobody else in the Bible at that point had the authority that Jesus had filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody, they didn't have that. Even the people heard Jesus preach and teach, and they said, man, this is somebody who's of authority. Something's different about this. Like, he has authority. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 8 when Jesus, read it when you get a chance, crazy story. In Luke chapter 8, this is how much authority Jesus had in the spirit, right? When Jesus crossed over the lake and he went to the Gadarenes, a country that was there, and he stepped on the shore. When he steps on the shore, a man possessed by a legion, thousands of evil spirits, comes and bows at the feet of Jesus. Think about this. He knew Jesus was coming. Right before that, the scripture says there was a storm that took place, and Jesus rebuked the storm. Maybe that storm was an accident. I don't know. I believe that maybe the enemy sent that storm. I don't know. But he rebuked the storm like he rebuked spirits. And he gets to the shore. This man comes down and he bows and he said, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Like, don't, 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 don't cast us out of this region. Don't cast us into the abyss. Let us remain here because the enemy is so territorial. Let us remain here. Permit us to go into the pigs. That's what they said. The herd of pigs. 
So Jesus sets the man free. The spirits go into the herd of pigs. And the scripture says that the pigs ran off the edge of the cliff into the water, and they drowned and they died. People got upset. They came out and said, Jesus, get back in your boat and get out of here. Now, if you're like me, the first time you heard their story, like, my goodness, what in the world is going on right now? We got pigs. We got men with thousands of evil spirits. Like, what is taking place right now? I don't know about you. The only time I've ever seen swimming pigs whenever I went to the Bahamas for my honeymoon, right? And I asked, I asked the people, I was like, man, how did you get these, tri- the, the, these pigs to, to swim in the water? I was like, man, it took a long time. And they began to swim. But these pigs went off the cliff into the water and drowned and died. Here's what you need to understand, that at this point in Jesus' ministry, this is the first time that he is entering into Gentile territory. We know that it's Gentile territory, non-Jewish, right? Because the scriptures says that there were a herd of pigs nearby. Jewish people would not eat pigs, better yet, raise pigs. So as Jesus is going to the region, the enemy can sense and feel the kingdom and the power of God coming. So he will do whatever he can to stop Jesus from going forward further so you know what he did and his desperate attempt he went into the herd of pigs which would have affected the livestock and economy in that area went into the water the people came out and said jesus get out of here oh the enemy hated jesus so much can you imagine he came to destroy the works of the enemy and and, and you know what the enemy was doing see the enemy he knew that wherever jesus went and whenever, whenever, wherever the name of Jesus went, because here's the thing, that didn't stop God from expanding his kingdom because guess what? He chose the disciples and he chose us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and, and, and to begin to, guess what? Jesus said, greater works in my name shall you do. The enemy tried to put a stop and the enemy knew, knows that wherever the name of Jesus is preached and proclaimed, that people are saved and healed and set free and he will do everything in his power to stop the kingdom of God from expanding. But I came to tell the devil that he is a defeated foe. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I go to a church that not only preaches and proclaims the name of Jesus, but we believe in the scripture and we believe in the power of his name, that in his name, we will see people healed. In his name, we will see demons cast out. In his name, we will see people saved and delivered and set free. In his name, y'all, it's in his name, we will see them filled with the Holy Spirit. There is something about the name of Jesus and and the kingdom of God, come on, I'm telling you right now, power in his name. Somebody say, there's power in his name. There's power in his name. And the same spirit that was in Christ, he gave authority to the disciples. And guess what? He has given you authority as well. And guess what? All those things that I just mentioned are signs of the kingdom of God being at hand. Matthew chapter 10, I want you to check this out real quick. Matthew chapter 10, because we're taking ground back from the enemy. I don't know about you, but I'm fired, fired up to take ground back from the enemy. And as you go preach this Jesus talking to his disciples, get this, before the day of Pentecost, preach saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. He said, you know what, I'm going to... I'm sharing this power and authority, the spirit working through you. And guess what? Jesus even said in Matthew chapter 12, check this out. But if I am casting out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. 
Jesus knew. In other words, one of the signs the kingdom of God is here, and don't get me wrong, the greatest miracle that can ever take place in the, in the, in the world and in our life is the, is the gift of salvation. To go from death to life, but can I tell you something real quick? The spirit of God that we have operating in our lives has not been watered down, or, or the kingdom of God has never lost his power in our lives. And by the signs that you shall know, by the, Jesus said, if you don't believe what I say, look at what follows. I'm going to share this story real quick. There was somebody, a friend of mine, that I had been trying to reach out to and minister to and invite to church. And every time I invited him to church, he would say, man, you don't want me to come to that church. Because if I come to that church, the carpets are going to burn up. The walls are going to burn up. It's just going to be bad. You don't want me. I was like, dude, we just come and visit, man. It's not that bad. You know what I mean? It's just like I'm praying for him. He needs Jesus. But tried to reach out to him. I wasn't trying to be religious, not trying to be mean, not trying to be rude, not trying to be weird. Just simply, hey. And I just got word, because like his wife apparently goes to church every so often or something, and 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 I had gotten word that his wife went to a movie. It was called Come Out in Jesus' Name. And when she went to this movie, get this, after the movie, she I, I, I've never met her before or anything, but after the movie, she's walking and these ladies approach her. And they say, ma'am, the Holy Spirit highlighted you to us and told us to tell you that there's a spirit that's been messing with you. And it's affecting you right here. These ladies don't know her at all. And they prayed over her. And this lady, I got word that she blacked out and she fell over and she began to cough up stuff. And she was delivered. And after she got up, that back pain, because they didn't, they didn't know this, but she'd been dealing with some severe back pain, and that back pain left her. This is a true story. It just happened this past week. I'm not saying that every back pain is a devil, okay? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that. Sometimes you just need to hit the gym a little bit, lose a little bit of weight, okay? I don't know. But, but, but she was delivered and set free. And, and, and her husband, she goes to her husband and tells him the story. And guess what? Hit the same guy that was like, I don't know about all this stuff. was like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what to do. Because now my wife is telling me what happened in that moment. They, in Jesus' name, guess what? By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ was glorified. The sign of the kingdom being at hand was right there in the moment. And the God was telling him, hey, I'm real. I am alive. I have power. And get this. This is awesome. He said, he said this, all I know about those ladies, I don't even know their names, but he said, all I know about those ladies is they said they go to your church, Riverside Church. So whoever you are, what, what am I trying to say? That you have been given power and authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, that greater is he that lives on the You need to change the way that you see yourself. Some of you think you have no power and authority, but if you have Jesus Christ in your life, guess what? Follow after him. Allow his spirit to rule and reign through you, and you'll be amazed by what God is doing because he wants to expand the kingdom. Come on, we're raising up an army. We're taking ground back from the enemy. I'm not going to be bullied by the enemy in my family, in my marriage, in the church. No, come on, somebody. So the disciples, the disciples, come on, is this making sense to somebody? I pray it is, y'all. Come on. So how could they, even before the day of Pentecost, how could they do those things that Jesus did? 
Well, because Jesus sharing that power and authority, the Spirit was with them. But on the day of Pentecost, the Scripture says that he put his Spirit in them. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He said he's been with you, but now, guess what? He will live in you. That if you are in Christ Jesus, you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. That means that wherever you go, I've already got the point across, right? You have dominion. You have a power. You have authority. You've been equipped to expand the kingdom of God. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Don't confuse this message and think that you're called to be dominion and be, to have dominion over people and be mean and rude to people. No, we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. We have to move on to the second point, y'all. So what am I trying to say through this? How, how can this be possible? Second point, the, the Holy Spirit is an extension of the kingdom's power, promise, and presence. The Holy Spirit is an extension of the kingdom's power, promise, and presence. First of all, we need to understand this. I'm not trying to say that the kingdom or, or that, the, that the spirit of God is a force, energy, or thing. You need to understand this, that the Holy Spirit, he is a person. What is, what's a person defined as mind, will, emotions? And he is the spirit of Christ living on the inside of us according to what the apostle, the apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans, Corinthians, Colossians, and Ephesians. So get this. Everything that the spirit of God says or does is an extension of the king and his kingdom. Everything that the Holy Spirit says or does is an extension of his king, of the, of the kingdom and the king. Check this out. John chapter 16, verse 7 through 14. This is so powerful. Maybe you've never seen like this before, but check it out. John chapter 16, verse 17 through 14. He said, in fact, it is better for you that I go away, Jesus talking, because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. So you may be asking yourself, why did Jesus have to go in order to send the Holy Spirit? Because he said this. He said, I have to fulfill all righteousness. He said, I got to go. If I don't go, I won't send him. But get this. This is powerful. There is so much more. This is King Jesus talking. I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own will, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future, and he will bring glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So get this. What's the definition of a kingdom? The governing influence of a king where impacting his people and territory with his personal will, purpose, and intent. Question for you real quick. Think about this. How could a king, how could King Jesus govern and rule over his people and territory and expand the kingdom of God if he ascends to heaven? 
The governing influence of a king impacted it with his personal will, purpose, intent. Can I answer that question? By the Spirit of God ruling and reigning and living on the inside of us, that through the Holy Spirit that he sent on the, Pente- on the day of Pentecost, guess what? Because just like we mentioned earlier, remember empires, what they would do? When they would begin to colonize different foreign areas, what would they do? They would send a governor from the kingdom that would simply repeat or do or say whatever the king says to do. And Jesus told the disciples, get this, that in a similar way, like a governor, that the Holy Spirit, get this. So that means that to listen and be led by the Holy Spirit is to, be, is to listen and be led by Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, he said the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will say. And you can't bear everything I want to tell you right now, but whenever the Spirit of truth comes, he will bring to remembrance everything that I have spoken. And he he will continue to teach you and lead you and direct you. What am I trying to say? That through the Spirit of God operating in your life, King Jesus rules and reigns in you and through you, around you, because the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. And guess what? He said this. He said, and it's all to bring glory to me. It's all to bring glory to the King. Now, some of that you may be like, oh my gosh, that's a lot right there. Study your Bible. It's like the Apostle Paul talks about it as the mystery of Christ, the mystery of God. His ways are higher than our ways. That's why I worship him and praise him because he's real. I've experienced his spirit in my life. Two quick things real quick. And worship me. You can go ahead and come up. Two qualifications, two things that governors have the privilege and right to to, to do and be. The first thing is this because maybe asking yourself, like, for the kingdom of God to be expanded. Here's the thing. The reason we can't do it by our own power and own strength or whatever, right? One One of the things that had to take place was a governor had to be from that kingdom. He had to be from the kingdom, right? Because how can someone who's never been or lived in the kingdom expand the kingdom themselves? That's why the Holy Spirit is called this, the Holy Spirit set apart because there's no other spirit in the earth like the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And God said this, in order for the kingdom to be expanded and for the people to know the values, the ways, the customs, and the culture of the kingdom, I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of them. And guess what? Another thing that a governor would have is this. A governor would have his home built by the kingdom. So wherever a governor went, the kingdom would use its resources and everything to build a home for the governor to live at in a foreign region, in foreign area. And out of everywhere, think about this, out of everywhere that the Spirit of God could live in or inhabit, think about this, the Bible says that God doesn't live in a building made by human hands. That whenever we receive Jesus Christ, we we become a new creation. We go from tombs and temp- to temples, right? That's only a work of God. Guess where God said, I'm going to pour my spirit out and be in and live in and inhabit in? You. You. Us. The kingdom of God reigning through us. What am I trying to say? That the kingdom of God and the government of God rules and reigns through the spirit of God on the inside of you. And I don't know about you, but here's the thing. 
I, I want to be as filled up as I can with the Spirit of God. I want to be baptized in the whole, I, I'm just telling you right now, I, I want the fruit of the Spirit in my life to be cold. The Bible even says, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Because God doesn't want you just to have the Holy Spirit. He wants the Holy Spirit to have you. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful about, I'm thankful I go to a church, y'all, that teaches these things and that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Because can I tell you something real quick? This is what has happened through religion and through man-made ideas, whatever. People have said, oh, you know what? The Spirit of God, the power of God, that died with the disciples. Those things, we don't need that anymore. We, we don't, we where do you think those spirits went that Jesus cast? Do you think they all just disappeared and left? Has the church lost his power? God said this. Jesus said, it's a promise, a promise to you that I would never leave you or forsake you. It's a promise that I would empower you, that my presence would be in you. And no matter where you go, the kingdom of God is expanded. Check this out. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 through 39. Then Peter said to them, repent. Somebody say, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the what? Gift of the Holy Spirit. And get this. Check this out. Because this is relevant to you. For the promise is to you and to your children. And guess what it says? And to all who are afar off. Somebody say, that's me. As many as the Lord our God would call. So guess what? The Spirit of God, He's a promise to you. All believers. How do we receive? Repent. Re believe Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. The same spirit lives on the inside of you. Come on, can you go ahead and stand to your feet this Sunday morning? Come on, can we go ahead and give God some praise in this place? Thank you, Lord. Here's my conclusion I want to give you is this. When the Holy Spirit expands the kingdom, King Jesus is glorified. The sign the kingdom of God is moving is that the king, King Jesus, is glorified. You weren't just created to exist and take up space. You were called to take dominion and establish and expand the kingdom of God. And the disciples were so passionate about this, y'all, that pretty much all of them lost their lives. But they knew that there was a greater reward for them in heaven, that this life is temporary and they knew that they were called to expand the kingdom of God. Jesus established the kingdom, but we are called to expand it by the power, promise, and presence of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ will get the glory forever. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray together right now in this moment. God, let's pray over every person underneath the sound of my voice. We thank you, Lord, for this word today. I just pray, Lord God that you, they would sense and understand the power and authority that they had and they have in Jesus' name, God. We thank you, God, right now for moving. We just submit and humble ourselves before you today, mighty God that you are, God. We just pray, God, if there be anything in our lives that is in alignment with your spirit, we pray for those things to be removed right now. 
We come against the spirit of depression, the spirit of fear, spirit of anxiety, God, spirit of witch, everything, God. We say right now, in Jesus' name, we declare freedom over your people. Fill us with your spirit, God. Lead us into all truth. Guide us, direct us. Let us become more sensitive to your voice, God, in our life. We thank you, Lord, that we have authority in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every other name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, we worship you. We honor you. We glorify you. Have your way in Jesus' name. Oh, come on. Can you sing it out in this place?